Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 212 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today, we're going to be talking about if heel lifts are helpful. We'll be discussing what diagnoses heel lifts are used for. We're going to be going over what heel lifts do to you biomechanically. We'll talk about if heel lifts are beneficial over orthotics or vice versa. And uh, we'll be talking about if heel lifts should be used for diagnoses like plantar fasciitis and Achilles issues and leg length discrepancy and so much more. So if you don't mind holding for a moment, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. At MedCore Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedCorePro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCore. And we keep you moving forward. Welcome back, everyone. So we have a beautiful fall morning here in northern Maine. The sun is out, and uh, we don't see snow yet, which is pretty remarkable. That usually never happens. Um, So I hope you're all having a great uh, day today. We're going to be talking about heel lifts. And uh, I want to talk about, first of all, why we would use heel lifts for patients. And I know a lot of us have used them for many different issues. Okay, so most commonly we typically use heel lifts for things like Achilles tendon problems like tendonitis, tendinopathy of the Achilles. Might be for somebody who's ruptured their Achilles. Not all Achilles ruptures are being repaired now, and so we treat those with immobilization uh, in a plantar flex position for a while, then some sort of a progression after that, going from plantar flexion to dorsiflexion slowly. So you might use a lift for that. Um, and you might use them post-operatively also for those people who have Achilles uh, reconstruction. Then we seem to see that people use heel lifts for leg length discrepancies. I see that a lot. And um, I've had a lot of people use heel lifts for the treatment of plantar fasciitis um, and the correction of scoliosis. We're also going to look at, um, you know, some people have actually used heel lifts to improve erector spinae contractibility and activation. It's been pretty well proven that it does help to turn on the erector spinae. Um, And then sometimes we throw a little lift in there for those people who can't dorsiflex very well, especially if they have some sort of a, a bony obstruction that doesn't allow them to dorsiflex very well. Um, If these people want to work out and do squatting activities, sometimes if you jack that heel up a little bit, it can compensate for that lack of dorsiflexion, then uh, you can still maintain good form. So those are a few reasons why people would use heel lifts for different problems. Um, So let's talk about and review what a heel lift does to you biomechanically. Okay, so we're going to start from the ground up. If you throw a heel lift underneath that heel first of all it obviously raises that heel up it now distributes the pressure from the heel and rear foot toward the forefoot okay so we're now in a plantar flexed position it usually will start to put a little axial load through the distal metatarsals uh, and 
as a result, cause this axial load into the metatarsal cuneiform joint. So at the foot, that's kind of what happens. Uh, what we do know also is that increasing the heel height uh, of a foot increases ankle inversion and also knee varus. Okay, so the studies out there pretty well show that you increase the risk of you know ankle inversion type sprains and also uh, increased knee varus, especially people who've worn high-heeled shoes for a long period of time, uh, are at risk of both of these uh, and osteoarthritis of the uh, knee. It also places the knee in a little more flexion. And then as far as compensating up the chain, we now have an anterior pelvic tilted position at the pelvis. And then the lumbar spine goes into an accentuated lordosis. Okay, so we have these changes that happen. So what happens as a result of these biomechanical changes? Well, like I said earlier, you increase the risk of medial joint osteoarthritis at the knee. You also increase your risk of ankle sprains. You increase your risk of developing low back pain because when you go into a, a lordotic position, and especially if it's accentuated, you're now closing off the foramen, uh, the lateral foramen, you're also compressing the facet joints, and um, that can be painful, especially if you have some arthritis or just even overuse to those joints can cause an irritation. Then, if we look at the foot, uh, you know, you're going to develop problems like metatarsalgia, hammer toes, Morton's neuroma, hallux valgus. I mean, there's a myriad of, of issues that go on at the foot that can cause some problems. And then it's pretty well documented out there that you increase your risk of traumatic falls when you increase the heel height uh, of anybody who is you know, e either in a shoe or wearing a heel lift inside the shoe. So, you know, when, when there are certain people out there that are hard to treat. Um, and runners are, are one of the hardest people to treat. They like to... Uh, open the door, go out and run. Okay, a lot of them don't like to stretch. They just uh, are addicted to running and that's what they want to do. And oftentimes you're, you're limited on time. So that's, you just go out and do it. Okay, so there's not a lot of prep to it. They just go ahead and do it. And I'll have to say heel wearers are just about the same. Okay, it is so difficult to take somebody out of their high heeled shoes or to progress them out of their high heeled shoes. And what I tell most of them is like, you know, you can keep wearing your high heels as much as you want. They're great for business because we have seen everything from back pain to patellofemoral disorders to forefoot problems uh, with people who wear high heeled shoes. But there is a difference between wearing high heeled shoes and putting a lift in a shoe. Um, and it is basically the way you walk. If you add a heel lift inside a shoe, you're more likely to strike the heel while you're walking. Whereas if you wear a high-heeled shoe, you're more likely to put pressure down on the center of your foot and onto the forefoot and not strike the heel as much because the heel of the shoe is so small, it's very unstable. So in order to compensate for that instability, you flex the knees, plantar flex the foot and bear weight on the forefoot more. Um, so it's a, it's, it's really different in regards to how much pressure you put through your heel when you're wearing a high heel shoe versus adding a heel lift inside the shoe. Okay. So patients have all said this when they have plantar fasciitis, they say, well, when I wear a high heel shoe, I feel better. And even, even men who don't wear high-heeled shoes, they might have a work boot that has a high heel to it, and they say, I feel better when I'm in my boots. And 
you know, we we know why that is, okay? And it's because we're shortening up that that calf muscle and taking the tension off the Achilles because we know that a tight calf and the Achilles pull really aggressively on the posterior aspect of the heel, rotating it back. Whereas the plantar fascia on the bottom of the foot attaches to the calcaneal tubercle is pulling in the opposite direction. Okay, so you have this this problem where they're fighting each other. And so the problem with adding the heel lift to patients who have plantar fasciitis is that, number one, you increase calcaneal pressure. So most people with plantar fasciitis have heel pain. And so putting a heel lift under there is not going to help decrease their heel pain because it actually increases heel pressure when you add that, that heel lift in there. Okay, next, you increase the distance of the, of the arch from the, from the highest point of the arch to the floor, okay? So just imagine taking a bowl and turning it upside down and measuring the distance from the inside highest point of the bowl to the table and then taking a lift and lifting one side of the bowl up, maybe let's say an inch. And now the distance from the top of the arch or the top of the bowl to the table is now increased, correct? So now we have a longer distance for that arch to collapse, straining the plantar fascia even more. So by having that heel lift under there, we're, we're actually having a much higher excursion from heel strike to mid stance. Uh, that arch is going to have a longer distance to stretch out and strain, so you get much more stress to the plantar fascia. And then by putting the lift under the heel, we are shortening the calf. And do we want a short calf? I think it's pretty well documented out there that people with tight calves are, are at much higher risk of developing plantar fasciitis and other foot-related problems. I mean, it's considerable. I stretch almost all my foot and ankle patients. And if they come in with extremely great dorsiflexion, then I know there's another biomechanical issue we need to deal with, but I pretty much stretch all of my patients uh, who have, uh, you know, knee down to foot problems. So that tightened calf can, you know, certainly contribute to a, a functional loss of dorsiflexion and cause some real issues there. So if you want to lift a patient's heel, which is indicated in in many cases so people with a leg length discrepancy or um, maybe you do have a plantar fasciitis you, that's very acute you want to settle them down my suggestion is this place the patient into a custom orthotic and lift the orthotic from the heel to the metatarsals about three quarters of the way down the foot that way not only do you control the heel from rocking side to side, which is a an issue with problems like plantar fasciitis and Achilles problems? You control that heel from rocking side to side, but you're now supporting that arch so it's not collapsing and going through such a large excursion. Okay, uh, And then you can also protect the forefoot a little bit by doing a full-length orthotic while lifting it up at the same time. So, you know, I think that I've had much better success treating plantar fasciitis and leg length discrepancy issues along with Achilles tendonitis with an orthotic than using a heel lift. And you don't always need to get into a custom orthotic. There are nice semi-custom uh, orthotics out there. I can put a link in, my, uh, in the description here uh, for you to use. I use them all the time. And then you can place a nice little lift in there. If I'm dealing with a leg length discrepancy problem, I will use a 
uh, a piece of neoprene and basically I'd make it three quarters of the length of the foot, basically starting at the heel, going down to the toes. That way uh, you're supporting more of the foot and you're lifting more of the foot and you're not just jacking that heel up uh, alone. So those are my suggestions on how to utilize heel lifts. I hope that um, you found that helpful. I, I What I want to do is I want to discourage just the use of a heel lift. I think that it can be diagnostic. You can play around with it, have a patient walk with a heel lift, you know, maybe for a, you know, a hundred feet or so and see what that feels like. And then um, do a more structured heel lift in regards to a semi-rigid orthotic or custom orthotic that, that is lifted to help, you know, deal with all these other foot and ankle problems. But I hope that, uh, you know, understanding uh, why you use a heel lift and what it does to you biomechanically will help you make a better decision when managing patients with foot and ankle, knee, hip, and back problems. Uh, so folks, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, if you did, uh, please let us know. Give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And um, don't be afraid to send us your orthopedic questions, and I'd be more than happy to put them on the show for you. So again, folks, thanks again for listening, and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.